This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Jada, Dundalk and Cavan. We have amazing offers available across new and pre-owned petrol, diesel, LPG, plug-in hybrid and electric Renault, Dacia and Opel range. Low APR and zero deposit packages available. See blackstonemotors.ie. Welcome to Late Lunch this Tuesday afternoon. I have a question for you. Are you growing sunflowers? Anybody out there growing sunflowers this year? I know many people do, but if you're listening to me today and you're growing sunflowers, tell you what I want you to do. Will you WhatsApp me in a picture of your sunflower or sunflowers, please, to the show? I'll tell you why. The number anyway is 086-1800-658. That's the WhatsApp number. 086-1800-658. If you have a sunflower, if she's open, how is it looking today or any day this week, take a snap and send it in to me with your name and details. I'd love to see it. Tell you why. You know I'm a gardener myself, especially vegetables, dabble a little at the flowers. But this year, uh, Ava, my granddaughter, said to me, gang, gang, will we grow a few sunflowers? So I'd never grown them uh, in the past. Got a packet, put in about half a dozen, gave her three, held on to three myself and they nearly went to the compost bin. They really did. I just didn't really pay much attention to them. Anyway, she convinced me. She says, no, no, no. Put them in. It sold them. Put them into the ground. So I did into some of my raised beds. And I have a beautiful sunflower at the moment on one. And the other two are coming. They nearly weren't. But anyway, Ava's sunflowers. Well, well, well. She has a sunflower. And I don't think I've ever seen as tall a sunflower in my life. I'll tell you what height it is later on in the show but have you got sunflowers have you a very tall one would you measure it for me and tell me the height of it and we'll see who has the tallest sunflower in the northeast on late lunch this week we have a huge one in Ava's garden it's a big one I'll tell you about it later but come on let's join in the fun of your sunflowers take the snap and if you the tape out measure them from ground to tip as well for me would you 086 1800 658 I know you'll do it for me welcome to the show today uh, John Lowe is with us a little later on you won't want to miss him today the money doctor he is a new will making and probate service and this really has shook the branches here in Ireland I can tell you John's with us a little bit later on but we begin the show today as usual with one of our regulars he's an immunologist he's head of the department of biology director of the human health research institute at Maynooth University and he is our very good friend at this stage professor Paul Moyna welcome back 
Good afternoon. Thanks very much, Jerry. Paul, can I begin by asking you this? Um, people, I've been talking to friends and people have been contacting me saying, Jerry, what about this? Cases among vaccinated people are about 20%, one in five. And these are people who are vaccinated. What do you say back to people like that? Was this expected, Paul? Yeah, so these are what's known as breakthrough infections. So breakthrough infections are people who have been previously infected and recovered or have been vaccinated and yet they still end up getting the viral infection. Um, and it is to a degree, Jerry. so basically when you're infected by the virus, when you're vaccinated, you produce antibodies. Those antibodies survive for a number of months and then they tend to wane and disappear because they can only survive for a certain amount of time. Otherwise, our blood would be full all the time of antibodies against all the different microbes that we're exposed to. But importantly, if you're re-exposed to the virus, we have memory cells called memory cells that reside in our bone marrow. And then they will recognise the virus and start producing more of the antibody. But there is a time period there during which the virus can gain a foothold and can infect us. But for most most of us, we won't even be aware of having been exposed to the virus or another microbe or whatever. Because our immune system, then these memory cells kick in and then they clear the virus. So these are breakthrough cases. You mentioned, Jerry, 20% of the cases uh, are these that have previously been vaccinated. That number will go up as a percentage term. And the reason being, for no other reason, that a greater proportion of the population will be vaccinated. The more and more the people have been vaccinated. So that means if there are more infections, a greater proportion of them will come from those who have been vaccinated. But the important thing to remember is that whilst the virus can break through some of the vaccines, None of the variants are resistant to the vaccines in the sense that the we haven't really seen large numbers of people who have been vaccinated end up getting the virus, getting very ill. So mm. these vaccines work really, really well. Now, for some, unfortunately, they will. But for the vast majority of people, these vaccines protect us really well from serious illness. So mild symptoms, not seriously ill when you're vaccinated, if you contract it. That's uh, really encouraging to hear today. 15 to 34-year-olds, the highest group now presenting for tests. And uh, just uh, learning earlier today that Louth is among uh, the highest positivity levels in the country, County Louth. Yeah, so we tend to see with these numbers, first of all, they tend to be mostly in the unvaccinated population. That's why we're seeing them in the uh, younger groups. And then it's probably the groups that are mixing more and that would have, for example, a greater number of contacts. So that is probably the reason. And, you know, we see it fluctuating and it varying from week to week, month to month in terms of where the hotspots are. At this stage, you know, that is, is quite high. But, you know, this delta variant, it is difficult to control. It transmits really well and it is very good at producing these what's called these super spreader effects where one person can infect quite a number of people especially within sort of uh, spaces inside and uh, crowded spaces inside so we, we are with this variant it's just the reality of it it transmits much better than any of the previous variants or the ancestral virus that we had last year. So that's the reason behind it. Now, just looking at the latest figures, uh, 34 in ICU, 217 hospitalised, 1,500 cases on average, sometimes tipping 2,000 a day uh, in recent times. And this is summer, Paul, you could say early autumn. Are you worried for wintertime? 
think there's always concern about winter time in terms of respiratory viruses because they tend to transmit better during that time period. Now, thankfully, by winter time, we should have most of the population, certainly like within the next month, we'll have virtually all of the adult population vaccinated, all who are eligible and who would want the vaccine, that they will have got the vaccine within the next month or so. We're already moving on to children. We spoke about that in last week's show. Um, you know, it's opening up this week for 12 to 15 year olds. So come winter time, we will have a very sizable proportion of the population uh, vaccinated. I still think we'll see some of the virus circulating. I think it's not going to disappear. I think it's going to be here if probably forever with us, like many of the other hundreds of viruses that we coexist with. But there is the possibility of outbreaks. But the secret, again, is to get everybody vaccinated to the vaccine will protect us. For children, children who aren't vaccinated, they may be susceptible to getting the virus. But thankfully, for the vast, vast majority of children who end up getting infected with the virus, it's a very mild disease and so quite resistant to becoming a very serious ill as a result of the virus. So I think we may see numbers up. Obviously, it's complicated then because of other respiratory viruses, other respiratory viruses like RSV, which does cause illness in children. And we've seen in some other countries where you know, there can be outbreaks of this over the last year. There have been outbreaks of this. So that's going to make it a little bit more complicated as well as some of these respir- other respiratory viruses come into play. Diagnosis will be very important. Testing will be very important in terms of distinguishing what virus you're actually suffering from because the symptoms are quite common. So I expect to see probably some outbreaks in the winter time. But thankfully, if most of us are vaccinated or are deep people who've been previously infected and protected, that should protect us from very serious effects of the virus. Now, you're probably aware yourself, Paul, I am of uh, prominent uh, hospitality businesses uh, in the food, uh, you know, food and restaurant area and public houses closing uh, as a result of cases among staff and some prominent ones in recent days announcing that they're closing and uh, they let the customers know when they will reopen again. Is this going to be a feature of life going forward? I think probably in the short term, Jerry, but I think eventually it'll get to the stage where for, and we could already be looking at it, where for most people who are vaccinated, this could be as good as it gets. So if you're vaccinated, I'm vaccinated, we're reasonably well protected. I may have the virus, may pass it on to you. But again, the fact that you've been vaccinated, and I think with time we will move away from looking at cases. We will move away, and then our primary parameters that we will focus on are those ones that really, uh, you know, impact on our healthcare system. So especially serious illness, hospitalizations, ICU and deaths. And I think they're the ones we're probably going to focus on. I think it's going to be difficult to get to herd immunity with this variant because the variant transmits so well. It can evade to some extent the vaccines in terms of, as we just discussed a few minutes ago, the possibility of the variants being able to infect people even if they're vaccinated. That's going to be very difficult to eliminate. And for that reason, I don't think it's going to be possible to eradicate the virus. So it's going to be here with us. Uh, But thankfully, again, going back to this, where vaccination is our saviour really here. The vaccine is what's going to protect us from those cases being translated into serious illness and death. And we already see that. If you look at the numbers, you know, these days, 12, 13, 14, 1,500 cases, certainly they're, they're only translating into a fraction of hospitalisation. 
relative to what we have seen last year, for example, back in December, January. Yeah, that is so true. And uh, the deaths are way, way down, thank God. A young person known to me, uh, uh, who I uh, met last night, uh, said to me, you're talking to Paul tomorrow, Jerry. Will you ask him this for me? Scotland, the nightclubs have reopened and uh, there were 10,000 people, which I mentioned on the show yesterday, at that Belfast Festival gig uh, over the weekend. And yet, Electric Picnic is gone and this person is a big fan of Electric Picnic and their friends, they want to know what Paul Moyner thinks. Yeah, I, th- I sympathise to an extent, Jerry. Like You may recall a couple of months ago in the Ivy Gardens, there was, for example, there was a sort of a trial event, again, but antigen testing wasn't used or whatever. And I think we should have been much more proactive in terms of looking, especially in terms of hospitality, music, uh, you know, entertainment uh, events, I think we should be much more proactive in terms of piloting them a number of months ago and that we should have been ready to begin to roll out and actually open up uh, some of this business. I think we've been very slow to embrace this. We've been very, very cautious around it. And the electric picnic is a case in point. I think, you know, the fact that it's outdoors, okay, camping and things like that and, you know, people at close quarters. But again, the proposal was that the people who would go there would be vaccinated. And again, that would offer like a lot, a lot of protection. And as I said, when we're vaccinated, we're all vaccinated. That's probably as good as it's going to get. Um, so again, I think we've been very cautious here. I think it's really, really tough on the entertainment industry and all the people working in that. So I think we should be much more proactive, and especially in the early piloting events, trying to, you know, de-risk and look at some of the mitigate the measures we could in, put in place to mitigate some of the associated uh, risks. So I think it's disappointing. I think we've been very slow in that sense. Uh, another one from a listener. Jerry, will you ask Paul, we have a holiday book to Spain for a week in the latter part of October and we're really worried at this stage as to what we're hearing on the news regarding Spain. What would Paul's view be? Uh, we'd rather err on the side of caution for health's sake, says Breda. Yes, it's, it's always difficult. I, I think my, my own sense, Jerry, if you're vaccinated, so in terms of what you, what your concern is, the concern is that your listener, Breda, the concern is in terms of your own health. I think, you know, in fact, the best protection you're going to have is if you're vaccinated. And if you're vaccinated, that will give you really good uh, protection. Now, obviously, you know, you may still want to take, you know, and try to mitigate some of the risks so that you're, you minimise the possibility of being reinfected. But again, there will be cases of reinfection. And thankfully, for the vast majority of these, they won't translate, as I said, into serious illness. So I think obviously be vigilant, listen to public health advice in terms of, you know, if there are any rules associated with that. But I think they're going to become less and less, especially in most countries in Europe, like we're moving to a situation where, you know, we're going to have the majority of the population uh, vaccinated. I think a bigger issue and a wider issue, probably for discussion some other day, is that low-income countries, poor countries, they're really, really struggling in terms of getting access to vaccines. So countries like Europe, I think, are going to do pretty well in terms of protecting ourselves. But other countries where we may have over half the population of the entire population fully vaccinated, there are other low-income countries where they've less than 1%. And this is where variants are going to arise. This is where people, whether it be healthcare, frontline healthcare workers, whether they're, you know, older people, people with underlying conditions. And again, big risk if they get the virus, they're going to die. So 
I think this is a, you know, this is really, it's an ethical discussion here to be had as well. But focusing back uh, on Europe and things like that, I think come wintertime, I think the rates of vaccination are going to be really, really high in all of these countries. That's going to give us really good protection. doesn't get away from the fact that there may be a risk of outbreaks like there are for the respiratory viruses. But in a general sense, as we finish today, Paul, all these weeks and months later, since you and I began talking in the dark days when we had no vaccines, when the lockdown was severe, we're making progress. Is that the message? Enormous progress. Enormous. Like the, the, the biggest progress of all, obviously, is the vaccine. Because I think what will happen over time is, I think people have either the choice of getting the vaccine or eventually they will get the virus. And even for some of us who will get the vaccine, we will end up getting the virus. And we could end up, most of us in our lifetime, getting infected with this virus at some stage. But again, the virus is what's going to protect, sorry, the vaccine is what's going to protect us from the damaging effects of the virus. Paul, as usual, always appreciate your opinion. Thank you so much for joining us again on the show. Anytime, Jerry. Take care. That's Professor Paul Moyne from the Wee County, from County Loud himself, of course, and he is the Head of the Department of Biology and Director of the Human Health Research Institute at Maynooth University. Ah, thank you, Jim. And Imelda Farrell from Ballamacenny, just outside Drogheda. What a beautiful picture of a sunflower you've just sent me. It's simply gorgeous. The dark colour in the centre, the petals in proportion. It's a superb sunflower. Folks, will you send me in snaps of your sunflowers to the show today and during this week? Not just today. I want to see your sunflowers because I know people love growing them. They're a spectacular flower. They really are. And I've grown them for the first time this year with my granddaughter, Ava. And it's a joy to watch them come into flower and the bees around them and everything. And will you hear the height of Ava's when I tell you? Anne's been on to say, Jerry, I just can't send you a picture. But I think one of my sunflowers must be nearly 12 foot high to the flower on the top, says Anne. WhatsApp me your pictures, please. Or you can comment if you want to tell me about your sunflowers. The number for WhatsApp pics or comment is 086-1800-658. Come on, let's be having your pics of your sunflowers. Oh, what kind of gobshites have we in this country? Listen to this. The life boy opposite the credit union in Blackrock, beautiful Blackrock outside, Dun- outside Dundalk, was vandalised and set on fire last night. Isn't this just unbelievable? And especially in light of the two recent incidents when the rescue services had to be called. It's simply, it is simply deplor- deplorable. It, it, it's shocking. And, you know, it's for life-saving. And it costs a lot. It's not cheap, this type of stuff. And it had to be put there and paid for. And it's there to protect the entire community, I understand this, who are water users. Now, look, there's an appeal out. The Blackrock Tidy Towns are making an appeal. And I want to join with them in this and make an appeal to anybody who might have seen anything suspicious in the area opposite the credit union in Blackrock Last evening, last night, whatever. Did you see anything suspicious, a vehicle, people, anything? Please, please, if you have any nugget of information at all. I know this, you might think it's insignificant, but it could be the key to identifying these Neanderthals. That's what they are. They haven't a brain in their head. They really haven't. And it could be one of their family or someone close to them that someday needs that life boy when they're in difficulty in the water. So Black Rock, last evening, 
opposite the credit union did you see anything suspicious get on to the local guardy will you if you've seen anything or can help in any way I just don't understand that I've seen it myself in the past ropes cut from them thrown on the ground fired out into the water what kind of idiots would do things like that have they uh, have they just no concern for anybody no they don't they don't have concern for anybody it's as simple as that it really is Anyway, if you can help there at all, please do. Any information would be gratefully appreciated. Uh, Jerry, I am fully vaccinated uh, and, and I got the COVID, but it didn't affect me much at all when I got it, thanks to the vaccine. Another one there. Jerry, I'm also fully vaccinated, as is my brother. And he tested for COVID recently, but he had no symptoms at all, which I'm delighted with. So when you get the vaccine, it does make a big difference, says a listener. And that is a message we want to put out there today, that it is the vaccine. And you heard Paul Moyner there a few minutes ago that really is making the big difference. It really, really is. So look, get the vaccine. That's the important thing. More of your picks coming in. Look at them here as I speak coming into me on WhatsApp. Let me have a look at this. Oh, wow. Look at that one. Look at the height of that sunflower. Oh, my God almighty. I don't know where that has come from, but uh, wherever it is, your sunflare, whoever you are, nine feet tall, this one, Jerry, and still reaching for the sky. What a beautiful sunflare. It's in a back garden there. Uh, I'm not sure where. Whoever you are, you might send us in your details and I'll read it. I'll tell them who you are who has that lovely, lovely sunflower. Uh, Haven't got a name on that one there, but nice to see. And there's another one coming as I speak as well. I'll get back to them. I'm looking for pictures of your sunflowers. I think they're the most beautiful flower. They're so awe-inspiring and you really have to look at them when you see them. Have your sunflowers. Take a pic. What's happening to me? 086-1800-658. And if you have the measuring tape, I'd like to know the height of it. Will I tell you about Ava's sunflower? Yes. This is, she is three, but this one is by far the tallest. They measured for me this morning early. It's 315 centimetres from the ground, which equates to, for those who are still in the Queen's English, 124 inches, which is 10 foot 4 inches. Ava's prize sunflower is. There you go. 10 foot 4. It's bigger than any of the ones that I have, I have to say, in my garden. Well done to her. And it looks absolutely lovely. And the bees are rounded and look forward to harvesting the seeds then. You'll have loads of seeds if you if you grow them for, for next year. Anyway, get them into me. Love to see them. We'll call out your name and give you a shout out on late lunch if you WhatsApp me your sunflower picks. Just reminding you that Drought and Industries Chamber are holding a breakfast webinar entitled Five Ways to Increase Your Profits by 61%. It's happening Thursday, this Thursday, 9.15. Barry Doyle from Action Coach Ireland will be outlining and talking through the measures that have yielded massive increases in sales and profits for over 15,000 business owners worldwide. For more information or to register, contact Brenda at drawhadachamber.ie or check out the website drawhadachamber.ie. Coming up after two on late lunch, Frank Snow is with me. He lives with Parkinson's disease and he's a mega Beatles fan. We're going to hear his story, but taking us to news and weather at two, it's Bagatelle and a classic second violin. 
Speaking to Paul Moyne at top of the show and we've had a message from a listener to say everyone should go on the holidays. I'm just back. Same precautions as here. I take it you were abroad, whoever you are. My top tips, go self-catering, avoid the beach, use disinfectant wipes when out for tables and use them on seat handles, cutlery and glasses. A little work. But well worth it, says a late lunch listener. Thank you indeed for that message. Sean in Dundalk, his blood is boiling today regarding the life boy at Blackrock that was burned and vandalised last night. Sean says, I am so annoyed, Jerry. If they want to uh, establish a ransom for information to find those people, I'd be only too willing to contribute, says Sean. Thank you very much indeed for that kind offer, Sean. Um, another one there. Uh, back to, oh yes, your sunflowers, your sunflowers. Oh my God, thank you so much for all the photos you're WhatsApping into me. If you're only joining us on the show, welcome to Late Lunch on LMFM. I'm looking for your sunflower sna- uh, snaps today. It's hard to say that. Sunflower snaps today on the show. If you have a sunflower or a number of them, take a pic and WhatsApp it in to me. I'll give you a shout out. 086-1800-658. Have you a tall one? Measure it. Tell me the height. I'm looking for the tallest sunflower in the northeast this week. We'll continue it on during the week, not just today. Jerry, about 20 years ago, I spread a packet of wildflowers out my back garden. They grew beautifully, except this random stalk that grew to about nine foot. I cut it down, and it wasn't until my neighbour said, what did you do with the big one there? Oh, I said I cut it down. He said, it was a blinking sunflower. Why did you do that? And ever since then, I get the seeds and sow them. I have tall ones, Jerry, but they haven't just flowered yet. Thanks indeed for that message. Uh, Jude Garvey has a nine-footer. Lovely picture, Jude. And he has three other ones that he calls weenies. They're smaller. They're only six foot. The beautiful Jude. He's in yellow batter in Drada. Angelo O'Brien, Angelo O'Brien's been on from Dundalk. She says, look at mine, Jerry. I think it's about 11 foot. Measure it, Angela. Measure it's a cracker. Caroline Gillespie, hello to you today. Four lovely sunflowers and they're absolutely beautiful, Caroline. And listen to this from Carrick McCross. Don't name my name, please, Jerry. I won't, I promise. I'll tell you a little story. I feed the birds fat balls and my reward is these. Look, Jerry, sunflowers. You see, what happened was the seeds from the fat balls dropped onto my flower bed and I have sunflowers this year, thanks to the birds. Never sowed them, but they fell out from the fat balls and look at them. Oh, they're lovely. Just about to come into bloom there in Carrick Macross. And so on and so on they go. We'll be back to your sunflowers. I promise. Now, you might recall, I think it was two weeks ago, uh, I featured the Beatles as my artist of the week. And my next guest contacted me and sent me some lovely artwork and told me, He's an absolutely lifelong, dedicated fan of the Beatles, a dedicated follower of fashion. Can I say that, Frank Snow? Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Jerry. How are you? I'm really good. Thanks so much for joining me on the show today, Frank. And we're going to get to the Beatles in a moment. But I want to talk first about you because what you've achieved with the artwork is remarkable. And you mentioned to me that it's a great help to you with your Parkinson's. When were you diagnosed, Frank? I was diagnosed in 2015, Jerry, but I, there was a diagnosis. I had had it, obviously, for about six years beforehand, but just didn't realise it. Mm. And yeah. did it, it didn't come then, did it, or did it come as a shock? Did you suspect that there was something serious up? Uh, no, not expecting that. Mm. I, I, I had, the problem I went to the doctor, it was a tremor in my hand. Mm. 
and uh, that, that that's basically all it was. I had no other complaints as such. But it's when you when you think back over it and you read about it that you understand. I had had issues with if I was out walking with the wife, I could no longer hold her hand walking because my hand stayed rigid down, didn't swing. Mm. And this is a sign of of um, Parkinson's and various little little things like that that um, were unusual. But when you put them all together, you could see that it was actually the early stages of Parkinson's that I had. My, oh my. And it was a fateful day as well because another big event happened in your life the day you got the diagnosis. <laughs> it was a busy week because on the Tuesday, uh, I signed to buy the house. I moved into the house here in Drogheda uh, from Balbriggan. And uh, that was on the Tuesday. On the Wednesday, I got the diagnosis that I had Parkinson's. And on the Thursday, I flew to Australia for six weeks. Wow. So it was a busy time. A busy, busy time. Uh, you, you, you mentioned you had a slight shake. What's your symptoms now? What are the main symptoms that you live with? What are the, the worst, at, worst aspects of this? The worst aspects of my... There's two ways it affects people, basically. One is physically and the other is mentally. Physically, I'm not too bad. I, have a, I now have a, a stoop when I'm walking. I'm very stooped over. And uh, my bone, my muscles are a bit rigid. But other than that, physically, I'm not too bad. I have a tremor, but the medication keeps that fairly well under control. The bad point of it is that uh, I suffer with nightmares at night time. I live my dreams out, and uh, I can get quite violent at night time as well. I've often woke up and I've been beaten hell out of somebody. It could be anybody. It could be the wife. It could be whatever. I'm just, but me in my mind, I'm having a fight with someone, and all I'm actually doing is one hand holding the other hand, and I'm shaking, fighting myself. In other words, my left hand fighting with my right hand. Mm. In my mind, it's done fighting with somebody on the street. Yes. I'm damaged, did a good bit of damage to myself with falling out of beds and falling when I'm walking. I trip occasionally. One of my legs will stop walking yeah. and the other one doesn't, doesn't tell the other one. <laughs> the result yeah. is normally I end up with like big bumps on my forehead. Mm. Your speech is good, though, is it? What about your memory? Or does your speech at times lose a little patter? My speech loses it, 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 uh, the volume goes out of my voice. Mm. And I'm going to be very, very quiet. That's why the, the pandemic has affected me in not, in not meeting people. Because I would, I'm presenting myself and the wife here now, so you're not really talking. I'm not saying you don't talk to your wife, but you're not in full on conversations when you go out with new friends and all that type of thing. So that means that I'm not talking as much and having conversations as much as what I used to do. But the, the memory. Um, that I can see is a big decline in that in that we discuss something now in about three or four hours time if you ask me a particular detail of it I probably wouldn't remember it yet I can remember what I was doing the day John Lennon was shot or I can remember when I went to a Paul McCartney concert I can remember all these dates and times but I just have a problem with my short term memory. yes yes and uh, the lockdown coming back to that you missed the socialising the company that, uh, that's had an adverse effect on you that's had an answer. Yeah, I, I do. I do miss the company and, and getting out and talking to people. Yeah. But um, it's it's still it, 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 you're inclined to be with with Parkinson's. The other problem you have is you you you're not interested in doing the things that you used to do. I was very keen on playing golf. I play every day of the week if I could. Really look forward to when I got to sixty five or sixty six to retire and join the golf club and play it every day. But now I couldn't be bothered. I just could not be bothered. And my brother was ringing me up and asked me to come for a game of golf. I say, no, thanks. Just just not interested. So you need a push. There's apathy. It's apathy there. You need, you do need a push. You really do. 
And especially when trying to make, meet, meet new people, meet friends and that type of thing, who you haven't seen for a while, uh, that's very difficult. Now, I'm going to test your memory here. When did the Beatles come to you or you to the Beatles first? Well, I came to the, I can remember, I, I was in, when the Beatles came here, I was a little bit too young. My sister-in-law, she was at the Nusharet in the cinema when they were there. But um, she was a big fan of theirs, and I came across one or two of the albums that she'd lent my brother. And that's when the interest really started. But at the time, I really got into it around the time of Hard Day's Night. Mm. That's, when I, that's when I became big in it. And my end of the Beatles would be more from the time of the Lady Madonna onwards. Yes. After that, you know, where you're into the the change from pop into a different type of style of music altogether, with Penny Lane and Strawberry Fields. Yes. Things like this, which were, I think it was a great period in which to grow up. Mm. Because you, you knew something was coming out from the Beatles, it was going to be something new. Yeah. And exciting and wonderful and timeless. Yeah. So it was your sister, your sister was actually in Dublin working with the Beatles appeared when they came to Dublin. My sister-in-law was. Yeah, your sister-in-law. Oh, right. Interesting. So you have that lick and then uh, dabbling at it yourself. So Hard Day's Night was really uh, the start of it, that movie out in 64. And you have a man cave dedicated to the Fab Four, I believe. There's nothing in it but uh, photographs, uh, newspaper cuttings. Um, and my wife is a hoarder. But anything to do with the Beatles that I've read, I come across, I have out there. Um, <laughs> I've all, all, most of the records, I'm just missing one, I think, which I, I haven't bothered getting, but I should be able to get it. And that was, uh, I had something. Yeah. I, I, that, that thing because it disappeared for some reason, and I, I, I think somebody might have borrowed it. Mm. It, it didn't return it because it actually had, it was a picture disc. Yes. So if you're listening today and you borrowed something <laughs> from Frank Snow, something, the song by the Beatles, hand it back. It completes his collection. He has everything from the Beatles. My, oh my. Uh, look at this artwork you mentioned. It, it's helped you with your Parkinson's. Oh, you can do this. Frank, it's fantastic. Tell them what you're doing. Basically, basically what it is, is that it's a finished picture of one of the Beatles, any, four, any one of the four. The finished size of it is 15 inches by 15 inches, but it's made up of 2,800 little tiny Lego pieces. Mm. When I think of Lego piece, I think there's six dots, eight dots on it, six dots on it, four dots on it, two dots on it. Well, these are all ones. Mm. It's just single dots. You have a diagram in which you follow, and basically it's, it's a bit like painting with numbers, really. It's, it's quite simple, yes. but it, it, with me, it has me in the hand, finger, dexterity, the movement of the fingers, trying to hold the little pieces and getting them into place. And it's also, from a memory point of view, I'm going back over and saying, the next one is going seven across, two down. and So it has to be that way. Mm. But um, the finished product is, looks, looks brilliant. Oh, they're beautiful, Frank. They're beautiful. Have you all four? No, I have three, Jerry. but I'm, okay. 70, I'm 70 in four weeks' time. Great. And, uh, I think a fourth one might appear. <laughs> <laughs> oh, listen, I'm sure it will appear, especially after this chat we're having today. But they are so impressive when I saw them. And it is. It takes dexterity to do what you're doing there. And you've created them in, in a marvellous, marvellous way. When you reflect, you know, I know you were on to me when I was featuring the Beatles on that. There's no one like them, is there? There hasn't been before or ever since. We, and with no disrespect now to anybody else. No, no, it's a different, you know, as I said to somebody in, in 20, 40 years' time, who'll remember Boyzone, who'll remember 
I shouldn't have said that really because I know Keith Duffy. But mm. uh, <laughs> Westlife or whatever it is, they mm. won't be. Mm. They'll be known for a couple of years and then after that they'll be gone. Nothing will have the effect. I don't think it'll be a long time before you see something have the effect that the Beatles had. Mm. ABBA had a great, great, great musical collection, fantastic, brilliant stuff. But it still hasn't got that same longevity that the Beatles have, I don't think, anyway. Mm. And it doesn't spread across as many things. Yes. How close did you ever get to them or to a Beatle? The closest I, well, the, the most of the annoying thing that ever happened to me was I, I won this contest on the questionnaire on the Beatles and I won it and the, the prize was a flight to go to Liverpool to the Albert Dock and see Paul McCartney in concert. And there were 60,000 people there. But the you could walk in and out, get your bag of chips and go back into your place. That's the type of crowd it was. It wasn't chaos. It was just people went to listen to the music. But at the um, the other thing then was that um, sorry, just train of just gone for a second. The what did you ask me, Jerry? Sorry. No, you're all right. Uh, how close you got to a Beatle? You flew oh, to Liverpool to see Paul McCartney. I, I'm there and I'm all emotional. You know, you get off the plane and the guy in the check and the custom says, "You're here to see our kid." Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everybody went, but this little kid there with his mother and his mother obviously was in the know. Because she's saying, come on in and meet Mr. McCartney. And he said, no, I don't want to. I don't want to. <laughs> if I hadn't got that kid, I could have joked. <laughs> but the closest, the closest I ever got was really probably in the, the, uh, the concert in the RDS. I was up at the front of that and I wasn't too far from the stage. Yes. So that, that's as close as I got to it. Oh. But um, I've, one of the most memorable things that would be I went to um, the, the prize I wanted to go to Liverpool for concert. That was in 1990, which was 32 years ago, mm. 31 years ago. The end of that show ended up with, with um, McCartney. They, they did their end of the show and that was it, he was gone. And mm. then the single spotlight came back on and he sat on the stools and he was singing yesterday. Yeah. And from that he went in to get back and the, the pay Jude and went through all. It was absolutely brilliant. Yes. But that, 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 that was the closest I feel that I would ever get to actually seeing the Beatles. Yes, yeah. Oh, what a lovely memory that is. Yeah. And your favourite Beatles song is? Here, There and Everywhere. Well, for you today, Frank Snow, just for you, from the 1966 album Revolver, here it is. Keep on doing what you're doing with those lovely artworks of the Beatles and enjoying them. And get out, Frank, and play that game of golf. Thank you for joining me. Thanks a million, Jerry. Nice talking to you. Take care. Just reminding you, the Premier League is back again this weekend and we have live commentary from three Premier League matches this Saturday on the LMFM app or listen tab on LMFM's website. That's lmfm.ie, the listen tab 
First up, Manchester United against Leeds United at half 12. What a fantastic game that is at 3 o'clock. Everton take on Southampton while Liverpool are at newly promoted Norwich. The Yo-Yo Club are back up. Delia will be delighted for the evening game at half past five. That's Premier League Live with now your sport on your terms. Only stream the games that matter to you most. Well, it'll be Arsenal games for me. Will I stream them? Well, I have the I have the Sky connection myself, so I see whatever they have on as well. Not holding out much hope for the Gurners, to be honest with you, this year. have to say in the Premier League, the top four really is sorted already, isn't it? Man City, Chelsea, Man United and Liverpool. Your top four, folks. I tell you now, before a ball is kicked, if it's any different... I'll eat the page I'm writing on here at the moment. Anyway, that'll be long gone by that stage. But I can't see anybody else breaking in there. You know, an outside bet, Aston Villa perhaps. Would Spurs do it with the new man at the helm? And the Gooners won't for sure. That's one thing for certain. But there you are. That's my take on the little prediction on the Premier League. Who'll win it? Sure, it has to be City. And uh, Chelsea challenging close. Will Liverpool come back after a disappointing year last year? It's great to look forward to as well. The footy's back. Love match of the day. That's my favourite, I have to say. Never miss match of the day since I was a child. And there used to be a Ferrari in our home. Do you know this? But match of the day. Because the Late Late Show used to be on on Saturday night. And one TV. One TV. None of this looking on devices or other televisions. And... Uh, Oh, my mammy was so kind. She used to let me watch if I wanted to see some of the games. But we only had the one television. And then, thankfully, gay moved to Friday that left the way free for Saturday and match of the day. Oh, it was just great. You're so good in late lunch land, I have to say. Look at all the pictures that are coming our way of your sunflowers. Keep them coming. I want to see your sunflowers. Have you sunflowers in your garden? Lots of people sold them and enjoy them. Take a picture. What's happened into me? 086-1800-658. Eileen Murphy. They're absolutely lovely, your sunflowers. Maria Cleary's in Toher this afternoon and she's taking a picture of our two grandsons with the sunflower. She says it's nine for two. It's a biggie. Well done to the boys, Maria. Gail Fitzsimons has been on to us from Trim in County Mead. Counting to me. Crackers, tall flowers, and I see Gail, they're just on the way, they're almost there. Peter, I don't know where you are. Wow, what a sunflower! A distinct black centre with the petals perfectly gathered round the outers. I have to say, my one has a lovely centre, not as dark as that, and lost a lot of petals in the wind last week. I honestly thought it'd, it'd keel over. I have them well staked, you need to stake them, you really do. Eileen Meenan. Hello, Eileen, this afternoon in Dundalk. Sent me the most beautiful message of our flowers. When I come back to it here, it says, Eileen says to me, Jerry, I had a row of them. Only cut them down yesterday. And I didn't measure them. A whole row of very tall sunflowers. She sent me the picture. They, she had the row. There's 12 of them in it. There is. And they're very tall. Everyone was admiring them. And my young son, Kevin, planted them. He has special needs on the autistic spectrum. He was delighted with how tall they were. I got loads of seeds seeds from them. You did indeed. That's from Eileen Meenan in Greenacres in Dundalk. Thank you so much, Eileen, for brightening up our day with those lovely pictures. 
Well done to your son as well. Congratulations, Kevin. They're simply wonderful. Come on, keep them coming, Jimmy. Your sunflower pigs. If you can measure them, how tall are they? What's the tallest sunflower in Lothermead this uh, autumn of 2021? We'll try to pick it if we can. There's one heading for 12 foot there. That's a biggie for sure. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. Coming soon on Late Lunch in a few minutes' time. John Lowe will be with us, the money doctor. Where there's a will, there's a cheaper way. That's all I'll tell you. He stirred the pot, Mr. Lowe, and he's with us shortly. But taking us towards our next break on Late Lunch. Ah, yes, Sunflowers. This is the song for it today. We're stuck on you, Mr. Sunflower. And it's Mr. Lionel Richie. Stuck on I'm simply raging about Blackrock, Jerry. God forbid someone needed help. A senseless crime with far-reaching consequences. You have it in one, listener. You really do. Yeah, we were talking earlier on the show about the vandalism to the life boy in Blackrock Village last evening. Destroyed, set on fire. Mindless idiots. Again, I say, if you have any information, saw anything suspicious happening in the village there last evening... Do contact the local Gardaí. The Premier League was back. We have it here on LMFM's app and online. A listener saying, Leicester might slip into that top four, Jerry. I was just saying a few moments ago, it's done and dusted. It's City, Chelsea, Man United, Liverpool. That's the top four. I can tell you before a ball is kicked. Listener thinks Leicester might. I hope they do. And uh, goes on to say, like yourself, Jerry, I never miss match of the day either. I wouldn't miss it. I just love it. My next guest, you know him well. He he is the money doctor, John Lowen, for his sins. He follows Tottenham Hotspur. Could they make the top four, John? I think they could be. They could slip in very easily. You will be surprised. I think Nuno is going to surprise everybody this season. <laughs> John, we all dream and keep on dreaming. I'm thinking the nightmare I have, not a dream as a gunner. Anyway, we leave the football aside for a moment. Welcome back to the show. John Lowe, you have shook the branches of the tree and everything in that tree is falling everywhere. What's this about? Wills and probate, a do-it-yourself package. Surely you have to engage the legality of the legal firms of the nation well that's that's the the misnomer jerry you don't you don't need for the vast vast majority do you ever ask yourself the question why are uh, have 70 percent of our nation never bothered writing a will or drafting up one and and when you think of all the the words there um that prevent them and preclude them from uh, drafting a will or getting involved with probate. It's ignorance, it's misinformation, it's misconceptions, it's apathy, it's fear of cost, fear of the legal profession, in fact, legal jargon. I mean, you can actually go to citizensinformation.ie, Jerry, and you can actually find out what the parameters and what the components of a will are. And essentially, it's very basic. You've got it, you, the testator, is the person who writes the will. Uh, you have got to nominate an executor or an executrix or plural. And then you've got to um, get two people who cannot benefit from the will uh, to witness your signature and date it. They don't have to see what's in the will. They just have to witness your uh, signature. And the other thing is that apart from the fact that they they don't um, obviously benefit from your will, but 
I would always go to the trouble, number one, of getting their air code addresses, getting their PPS numbers, just mm. in case there's any ambiguity. Um, and, and also the same with the beneficiaries, the same with the um, executor or executrix. It really isn't rocket science. And, 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 and in particular, where you are not only going to empower to do your own will to write it, but you're also going to empower your executor or executrix to actually do the probate itself. Because it is a really, I mean, Jerry, I did my own mother's. There's eight of us in our family, which includes Teresa, uh, who's, a, who's a barrister, yes. and includes a nephew-in-law who is a senior counsel. It's a pretty straightforward, for the vast, vast majority of people, we're talking now, the average um, net worth of people in Ireland is 166,000. So it's not a whole heap. It's only maybe one or two percent of people who are in the Michael O'Leary's, the yes. uh, Tony Smurfits and, and the, uh, you know, those kind of people, yep. Tony arrived, uh, who are in that league where you'd have a battery of accountants and maybe a battery of legal people who, to sort out the estates. But, you know, it's all ba- back down to the to the jargon and why people are so really um, they're afraid to, to go near a solicitor's office. And there's also a misnomer about the idea that you need to execute a, a will in a, in, a, in a solicitor's office. You can do it in your bathroom as long as you've got those two witnesses with you. Yes. And, you know, it's, it's really, really straightforward. So what this is about mm. is about a package whereby there's lots of, of uh, wills online, by the way, that you can get. But all of them I wouldn't trust because you have to put your information on a website that you don't know really who's going to hack into it or, or where it's going. Okay. So what this is, these are Word documents where you download the Word document so that you can put this Word document onto your laptop or even print it off and handwrite it in. Mm. So it really is straightforward. Um, you're in control and then you keep the will because that's half the battle. You know, if, if your solicitor, for instance, has your will at the moment, then when you die, your executor, whoever you've nominated, has to go to that solicitor because they need the will to go and do probate. And prob- just explain to us about probate, because when I hear probate, I think I must have a solicitor for probate. No, you see, you know what? You're, you're absolutely right here. If you had a vox pop going down, Drogheda, mm. and you ask every second person, what is probate? I'd say... 90% of them wouldn't be able to get, define it. Mm. Probate essentially is uh, the entire legal administration of a dead person's possessions, their estate, what they own. And unfortunately, once you have over 25,000 of, of assets, it has to go through a process uh, whereby you fill out this form, which is pretty straightforward. You then go and make an appointment with the personal representative in the probate office. And there's a whole raft of them around the country, by the way. But the main one is in Smithfield in Dublin. Um, and the, you make a, a, a say, a, appointment for them. You then uh, takes about 20 minutes to go through that. Now, there are delays to this at the moment because of COVID. But once you've gone through that process, there's a grant of probate given. And then that means you can go back and you can distribute the assets in the estate according to the wishes in the will. Okay, so that can be done by anybody without recourse to a legal practice. Absolutely, by anybody. You know, it, you know, it, the, the, as I say, about ninety nine percent of people's estates uh, and people's, um, you know, their their what they have, what they own, it's not complex. It's not complicated, and you know, most relationships are even not complicated. You can even be divorced. I mean, what I've done is there are six basic will types. You're either single, 
or legally separated, divorced with no children, children under 18 or adult children, that's three, mm. or else you're married or civil union with no children, children under 18 or adult children. So that's the six. Mm. So whatever template is in yours, you, you download that and it's a Word document. So I, I won't see what's happening there. Um, and you you will get that down download. You'll also get a list of assets and personal information. This is really important because this is, this is going to tell your executor what you have. Mm. It's a six-page Word document form, which includes your property, your accounts, your pay, password, PC uh, numbers, your passwords, your mobile passwords, your social media passwords, everything that is included in that six-page form that you either put on your laptop or you print out and you okay. write in. Here's the question for you. What are the implications of uh, probate being carried out by your solicitor? There's a huge f- financial implication. Is that right? <laughs> it sure is. Uh, you know what, Jerry? I have seen, honestly, I've seen a probate charge where it was 3.5% for the first 10,000, 3% for the second 10,000, and 2.5% for the balance. So, for me, that's simply unjustifiable because you're looking for, for a million turnover, a million asset. Um, you're looking at about thirty-five, thirty-six thousand, and I, I can't justify that. You know, mm. um, you, you know. As I said, I did my own mother's um, probate. Yes. It was a simple, simple operation. So, John, she, if, 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 you, if you go this route that you are now proposing uh, with yeah. your service, it, taking a million, say, as assets for somebody who would be lucky enough to have that, and it would cost, yeah. say, thirty mid thirty to go through um, uh, yeah. legally. Um, what yeah. will it cost you with your way? Well, my my entire package, as I say, this is only an administration cost. Yes. And, and I, I just want those 70%. It's not anti-solicitor, by the way. This is about empowering the 70% of people of this country um, to go out and do their will because it's, it's really, it's, you know, it's so important to do a will because if you die intestate, another word, in, in for by the way you have no will yeah if you die in a state you have to get a solicitor then involved who has to go to the high court and has to um get a letters of administration so there's cost there's delay and more cost because when they come back and then do the probate there's more cost involved in that and so your will is not carried out did the courts then decide it's taken out of the hands of everybody uh, then where it goes you have no say well, you had no say under the Succession Act of yes. 1965, because then, you know, it goes to your nearest and dearest. Yes, there, yes. There was a case there, a famous case in the paper, only the last few weeks, by the way, where a guy had left 24 million, a lot to the, the ladies in his life. He never married. He had six children by six different women. And he gave, I think, four of them a large sum of money. And those six kids decided to go and com- uh, contest that will. Mm. And eventually the, the court ruled that it was um, invalid. And they then de- declared that this guy who'd given his will and everything else uh, to be intestate, no will. So the kids get it under the succession. Act. Yes, and John, so, here, here's the thing uh, I want to come back to. Are you seriously saying to me that seven in every ten people who should have a will don't have a will in Ireland? Absolutely right. And that's all I'm trying to do with this package is to get those 70 percent who, who, for whatever reason, they haven't taken out a will. It's 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 really, uh, in my view, no matter how young you are, by the way, especially if you're if you're a young family with kids and everything else, you should have a will. So this package is only 50 euros plus that. That's it. And you, you can then not only are you empowered to draft your own will because you have the now the template. 
but you can actually instruct your own executor or executrix um, to do the probate and you keep the will yeah. and you tell that executor or executrix where that will is maintained, where it is located, because then they need to know when they when it comes to to. And if that executor or executrix then die before you predecease you, you've got to then you know make sure you you change and do another codicil or a, an amendment yes. uh, or an edit to that will to say who the new uh, executor is. And John, um, I'm just thinking here, w- there would be an element of cases though that there are ones that are complicated and there would be. A legal input needed. Yes, there are. By the way, just uh, as far as those witnesses are concerned, when you're signing that will, uh, if you have any medical condition, there's a thing called being of sound mind. So if you have any kind of medical condition, what you need to do is you need to get uh, a, go to a doctor or a specialist and get a certificate of competence that you have the capacity to actually yes. sign uh, that will. So John so, Lowe, are you yeah. saying to me today... For fifty euro for this whole package, yeah. your will is sorted, yeah. the probate is sorted, and you won't have to pay Absolutely. that uh, quo, uh, uh, pro rata thirty five thousand roughly. If it was a million, if it's a lot less, half a million, it's what fifteen, sixteen, seventeen thousand. Those yeah. costs will not be uh, there for the people who inherit your whatever because you're doing it yourself. My my cost. Uh, to, I mean, there are probate fees, which are a few hundred that you pay the probate office. That's separate to the probate fee that the solicitor, for instance, yes. would get. Yes. You mentioned there, Jerry, would there be a time? There are occasions. I had a couple, um, or a lady last week, actually, who I, I told her about this package. But she was married before. She married a guy who was also married before. They had children from both marriages but they had a child together. Mm. Now, that's complicated. Yes. And I said that really this package really wouldn't suit you okay. because you need to sort out. So there's certain areas, like, as I say, if you're my... Now, you'd have a huge estate, Jerry. Oh, listen, so listen, you, you know, come on. You need, a, you need a battery of accountants alone, <laughs> let alone a solicitor. John, 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 don't make me laugh. John, just some quick-fire questions. A listener there, yeah. if you're left a, a home by your parents or someone else, do you pay tax? On it. Uh, of course. Um, I mean, it depends on what your um, threshold is and what the, the value, sorry, of the property is. So, first of all, from parent to child currently, it's 335000 So, if you were left at home by your parents and the property is worth 340 you would pay 33% on 5000 Only. So, 335 is the ceiling on tax-free. Yeah, from uh, a parent. From a parent. From a parent. Yeah, from a parent. Now, if it's your sister, brother, aunt, uncle, nephew, niece, it's only thirty-two thousand five hundred. Anything over that is thirty-three percent. Okay. Now, believe it or not, last April two thousand and nine, do you know what the threshold was? No. Five hundred and forty-two thousand. Wow. So that's yeah, been so- just uh, obliterated. Yes, it has, but it, it's gone up and down like a yo-yo. But it was lower than it was up down to two hundred. Yeah, and another one here, John. Myself, and my partner at the time, we broke up. Uh, we had a child. We did a will, even though we broke up. Now we're back together, and we got married. We're husband and wife. Do we need to change the will? Um. Technically, yes, because, uh, you know, again, you would be married or civil union with children, presumably under 18. Yes. So 
um, if you're if you're single um, and you still are, are single, but you'd have to kind of it's messy because you'd have to show the marriage certificate and you'd have to make sure then it was dated uh, of that marriage certificate before uh, or after that will was 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 dated. And of course, have you got your witnesses as well? But to be safe, I would I would do a new one, and and you can leave the will wherever it is because all wills uh, are revoked by the new will. Mm. And therefore, this, this takes precedence over previous wills. Even if you have a will signed and filed away in a solicitor's office, if we get yep. the money doctor package completed properly, print it off and put it away in our homes or save it on a laptop, that mm-hmm. uh, overrules the previous will, even though it's held in a legal practice. Absolutely. It absolutely. In fact, sometimes it's too embarrassing to go back to um, the solicitor, for instance, and ask for the original will and, and give them a copy when you might have a cer- some circumstances changed and it might be just easier um, to draft a new one. But mm. if you can do it yourself and then empower your executor or executrix uh, to do the probate, then so much the better. Okay, so there is nothing complicated is the message today to this. There are six documents. Is that what you say? Six word documents involved here. Well, there are three word documents. Three, three word documents. What you do when you, when you download this, uh, there's a little bit of, of, of technical stuff, but when you download it, it comes to your download section. Yeah. And then from that download section on your laptop, you have three word documents. Okay. The first one is your preferred will template. Yeah. The second one is the list of assets and personal information, the six-page document. And the third one, Jerry, is the enduring power of attorney. Now, for a lot of people, just like you know, you mentioned the word probate, a lot of people don't even know what an enduring power of attorney is. But when you are reaching a certain age, maybe your parents, and, and they may contract a, a certain condition, like maybe dementia, yes. uh, Alzheimer's. Well, before they do that, they sign this, which gives them power to actually act financially on their behalf uh, in, their, in their twilight years okay mm. so so that's just to flag it because what you have to do and and you can you know put your name and all the rest of it but you will have to go to uh, a solicitor who will have to go to the high court to enact that enduring power of attorney but this is just to flag it the five other documents are pdf files and those five are a, a kind of uh, coping with bereavement this is from my own book yes it's a whole chapter it's a pdf file and it's a whole chapter on from wills to probate how easy easy it is the other three documents again pdf files are bereavement checklist an irish funeral guide and a bereavement support services and then finally an explanatory fact sheet on what is an enduring power of attorney okay uh somebody else on there to say how do i know if a will has been made you probably don't do you well if you don't tell anybody yeah and you die then nobody will know whether yes. there's a will I, mean, I know of cases where that has actually happened People did make a will, but no one could find it. Oh, my, oh, my. I know even, Jerry, um, people who are still alive today, and they did a will, and it was all signed and witnessed and the whole lot uh, in a solicitor's office. They put it away. They can't find it. And and, and I think alive. yeah, and, and that they are so important things to mention. Don't be caught in, in this fashion. We're just saying, folks, or you're leaving a mess for the people who come behind you. I think that person may be saying they may be looking at somebody and think, have they got a will? Should you go and ask somebody? Should you be straight with them? A, a parent or, you know, if, you're, if you believe. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, if, if, you've, if, if, if you have a parent, for instance, with assets like their home, yes. um, their car, their golf clubs, Jerry, uh, their watch. <laughs> uh, yeah, yes, you have to ask them, have you made a will? And uh, have you signed as a witness? And where is it? 
And who's the executor? And in particular, if it's a kind of an only child, for instance, assuming that that child, the only child, is the executor or executrix, it's important that they ask that question. And and, and before they get too old, I mean, they, yep. you really should be doing a will once you have assets. I mean, really, in your early 30s, you should have, especially there when you There should have be family. a will. Yeah, that is so. Listen, I have to ask you the final question before we go. We're up against the clock. Where do they go to following this conversation to get more information, get in touch with you, and for 50 quid, sort out the future? Well, moneydoctors.ie, the website itself, when you go onto the homepage, you'll see in the menu on the top, wills and probate. Just click into that or you can go directly into it, moneydoctors.ie forward slash wills. It's as simple as that. Moneydoctors, plural, dot I-E. He's shaking the tree. He's shaking the branches. (laughs) The apples and pears and oranges and everything are falling from them. John Lowe, until the next time, you've done good. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Jerry. Thank you. Take care. John Lowe there, the money doctor. Coming after three, my artist of the week, Brian Adams, and more from Burke. Yes, Sinead Burke, it's Burke's banter after three. But taking us to news, weather and sport, it's Mr. Elvis Costello. And Oliver's army. We're on the march. Sunflowers here, sunflowers there, sunflowers everywhere. Thank you so much. You're great. You really are. And don't mind today. We'll be finishing a wee while on the show. Keep them coming. We'll have a look at them again tomorrow. Any day this week you want to send them into us. If you didn't take a snap or didn't get a chance to take them this evening and send them into me tomorrow. Sinead Boylan. Oh, Sinead, you look a picture in that field of sunflowers. And it's up Ballybock Way. And uh, Sinead went there picked some sunflowers and made a contribution, all contributions going to St. Francis Hospice. Hospice. That's really, really nice indeed. Marie Holland. Lovely picture, Marie. Again in a field of of sunflowers. Blanchestown, Marie is from. And it was sent in by somebody who knows you. It's a lovely snap, I have to say. Stella in Carrick-Macross. She's a young lady. Tells me it's her first time growing sunflowers. 10 feet she's measured one of them oh Stella you must be delighted you have the green finger touch for sure Stella well done to you Alex Lara Anna and John Mackerline have sunflowers as well they've been in touch and they want me to give them a shout out the sunflowers are gorgeous I will indeed hope you're having a nice day and Patricia is in Blanche today as well another one in Blanche is down there with her sunflowers and there's more besides take a pick of your sunflower this evening whatsapp it into me tomorrow during the show 086-1800-658 I love to see them they're uplifting they're wonderful the bees love them and they're just so big and tall and special and they smile at you like the sun don't they and remember you'll have the seeds to either feed the birds or keep a few you only need a few for next year and you can sow them and away we go again because they are annuals they only last for the single season but what a splash and an impact they make during the year when they do come out and flower. And they're lovely no matter what size they are. Four feet, five feet, six feet, seven, up to ten, twelve feet. Massive they are. And to see a field of them. Oh, it's just breathtaking. It really is. Now, my artist of the week is none other than Mr. Brian Adams. I'm a big fan, I have to say. And I mentioned yesterday his breakthrough album, Cuts Like a Knife, 1983, and the hit singles that came from that album, yes, Brian Adams was on his way. He did an incredible, listen to this, 283 concerts in 1983 in the one year. And the next album called Reckless 
followed in 1984, producing another raft of successful singles, including the track I'm going to play today. More of that in a few moments. Into the Fire completed his recording in the 80s and the hits rolled on. Waking Up the Neighbours was the first one in the new decade. It came out in September 1991 with the first single from that album. Oh, you couldn't forget this one. Could you? Everything I do, I do it for you. It made number one everywhere, right across the world. Everywhere that song was number one. It was, of course, featured in the movie Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. I love that movie. It was 16 weeks at number one in the UK. That's a record for the UK charts. Ten weeks top of the pops in Australia. Nine in Canada. Seven on the US Billboard Top 100 Golden Globe winner, Grammy winner in 1901. Really sensational song indeed. Adams was also, did you know this? A terrific collaborator, performing across many music genres, including classical. And he joined Luciano Pavarotti in Modena in September 1994 for an unforgettable evening with the Maestro of Arias, where Adams performed a number of his best-known songs. And jumping up years more recently, just to show the versatility of Brian Adams, he worked on the adaptation of the movie Pretty Woman. What another, oh, what another great movie for the stage and developed all the music and scores etc for the musical which opened on Broadway in 2018 to tremendous acclaim and the West End in London in 2020 just before things closed with the pandemic so today it's back to 84 and that song I mentioned earlier yes this afternoon Mr Brian Adams my artist of the week I'm truly in heaven in your company. Hope you are too. There was only you and me. We were wild and young and free. Oh my God, do I understand those words after all these years. I really do. Mr. Brian Adams and Heaven, my artist of the week on Late Lunch. More about Brian in words and song around about this time tomorrow afternoon. Just reminding you, Clarehead and Drahada RNLI are holding a semi-open golf day in County Loud Golf Club, Baltray, next Wednesday, the 18th of August, due to covid Yes, it's been tough fundraising for the lifeboat in the past uh, nearly 18 months or so. So if you'd like to sponsor a tea or green for 50 euro, please email porik underscore rath at rnli.org.uk. That's porik with a D underscore rath at rnli.org.uk. And tea times, remember, can be booked directly through County Loud Golf Club. I say it again, people well worth supporting. Final break of the afternoon and she's back. Yes, Sinead Burke brings us more of our banter. Burke's banter, yes, our Sinead Burke. She's a keen observer of life and today have a listen to what she has to say about Pinterest. Sinead believes it's the enemy of all mums. Both Burke offspring have summer birthdays. Displaying a work ethic, not overly demonstrable during term time, the minute school ends, they immediately start brainstorming ideas for their big days. It is at this point in the year, I always regret instilling a sense of confidence in the kids, giving them a belief that they can accomplish anything they want in life. I mean, what was I thinking? 
This reckless and foolhardy approach to parenting inevitably leads me to making my own annual summer economic statement. Just as cautious as Pascal Donoghue's yearly warning and similarly ignored by its intended audience. No, Ariana Grande will not be able to attend. You can have a trip to the cinema or a party, but not both. The pizzas in Aldi are just as nice as Domino's. That cola tastes exactly the same as Coke. You get the picture. King Canute made less of a tool of himself trying to command the tide to stop than I do attempting to quell the kids' excited expectations. But still in all, you have to give it your best shot. Not because of parental responsibility, as let's face it, they won't end up on a special tussler register just because the party napkins did not match the bouncy castle. Neither is it to avoid disappointed and deprived little faces on the big day. I know my children. A fiver each and unsupervised access to deals will leave them both feeling like Conor McGregor swanning around the Rolex shop in Monaco. No, for those of us who get a bit swept up in planning birthday bonanzas, there's only one culprit. One dark force which whispers in our ear at night that unless we up our game considerably, motherhood as a universal and precious entity will be irrevocably damaged. The source of this messed up message? The origin of this callous communication? One word, sisters. Pinterest. The Pinterest website sends subliminal and incessant messages to all mothers' brains, informing us that the other mammies are doing wonderful things with pipe cleaners and balloons. So what exactly is your excuse? For lucky listeners who aren't familiar with this online portal of guilt and manipulation, a brief explanation. It's basically an online scrapbook. A crafting calvary armed with litres of passive-aggressive grade PVA glue, post pictures of how they did up the downstairs toilet on a budget of €1.50 and doesn't it look amazing? Or a hundred things you never knew Coke could clean. In fairness, I did not know about oil stains and blood. This is now very handy after a particularly boisterous children's celebration. And the good news? You can use cola as well as Coke. The main part of Pinterest, though, is the kids' party section. The general thrust illustrated in this excerpt of how a mum threw together a Harry Potter-themed do. And to make the golden snitch, I simply melted down some of my grandmother's jewellery and poured into a mould crafted from an egg box. I then spent six months learning how to engrave and decorated the resulting golden ball with the exact pattern of the star constellation, which was visible in the sky on the night the birthday boy first came into the world. Hashtag making memories. Oh my nerves. I mean, really, we should know better. We've swapped worrying about having a thigh gap for obsessing on how to perfect Hello Kitty's likeness in royal icing. Do we go looking for things to feel guilty about, or do they just find us? Pinterest was the reason I missed the opening sequence to the London Olympics. I could hear it all right, but I was busy at the kitchen table creating a pirate ship out of chocolate. Roll on Rio, and I was still flipping there, this time constructing a cake in the shape of a medieval castle. No one made me do it. I could have easily bought a cake and sat on the couch like all the other sane people of the world.
But there I was desperately sticking curly whirlies together with the melted dairy milk. This time for Tokyo, I had a long and serious talk with myself, which culminated in me moving the kitchen table in front of the television. While the nation congratulated our lads for having the manners to bow to the Tokyo representatives, I wrestled with cutting out the words stranger things in spooky red fondant. But at least I could keep an eye on the screen, which I feel shows a bit of personal growth on my part. Pinterest was founded by three men and is worth over 12 billion euros. It hardly exercises a handmaid's tale level of suppression, but I just thought I'd give you that information. Girls, do not go on that website. You'll regret it. It's too late for me. But in the spirit of solidarity, your liberation represents freedom for all of us. Uninstall it and run. Blessed be the fight. Fantastic. Sharp eye, wit, perfect patter. Thank you, Sinead. Sinead Burke bringing her her latest Burke spanter. And we'll have more from Sinead anon. That's a lot on Late Lunch today. Coming up midweek, Eileen Rush, a catch-up with a wonderful lady. James Kyo, his weight loss story. And Stephen McCormick, producing super salad, salad leaves and more besides. Big thank you to Brian Farley, who guided me all the way today. Eddie's coming next with The Drive. Stand by. We leave you today in the company of the wonderful Elton John. I'm still standing and hope to be from 1.30 tomorrow. See you then for another Late Lunch. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.